1: It is the word of Landru.
0: Joy to you, friends! Welcome to Standard Orbit, TrekFM's dedicated show about the original Star Trek series. This is a show where we dive into the characters, concepts, cliches, and other things that don't start with C about the original series. My name is Drew, or Landrew. I'm the TOS editor for the network. With me today is my co-host Mike from Commentary Trek Stars. Hello. Hey, Mike. You feeling okay today?
1: Um, I'm I'm getting better. I'm I've had a really bad cold this week, so hopefully I won't cough too much. But. Yeah, almost. The almost listener only. will
0: never know. Yes,
1: yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, today we decided we'd jump right into another top five. So top five of season two. We're gonna before too long we're gonna be done because there's only only three.
1: Well, until we could do okay top five of the of animated series season one and top five of animated series season two. This is true. We'll is do that. Six episodes and then top right. five top five <laughs> movies. Oh, okay, yeah, we can keep it going.
0: Yeah, top five movies of which there—oh, I guess there are eight. Yeah, I was thinking six. Yeah, for most people, there's six. We'll get into the movies and stuff later. This week, we're gonna talk about season two of the original series, also called Star Trek. So we'll start at the bottom, as we, as is our custom. And uh, my number five is Journey to Babel. Okay do you have that on your list? No. Okay. Uh I decided to put I was really struggling with what to put in this fifth spot because really this entire list except for uh, a couple questionable a, a few all right maybe like half of them are are pretty bad. Yeah. But but of the of the top half they're all really good and I, I really appreciate them. so it's like I was fighting with with what to put in this fifth spot. I decided to put Journey to Babel because I feel like it's really the only glimpse in the original series we get of uh diplomacy and and how like uh the federation works and like the different members. We get like four or five new alien races in this one instead of being like okay, here's Vulcans, here's Klingons. It's like, you know, here's the Tellarites and the Andorians, and they get all of these people together, and they show that even though, even in a perfect society, you get um, conflict, which should, you know, yeah, sure. Roddenberry always said, you know, oh, they don't have, but that's more of a TNG thing, with they don't have any conflicts between, you know, everybody gets along, except for the aliens, which I guess these are all aliens, so that, that, that kind of fits. The, the humans don't have any problems with each other, I guess is, is his thing. But but I like Journey to Babel, um, for for that reason I like Sarek, he's always cool, and uh, uh, some Spock's command style and you know not willing to sacrifice uh, his dad because uh, Kirk is injured and and this peace conference needs to go on and uh, I I think that it's it's a good top five episode.
1: Yeah, Journey to Babel for me always kind of. Um slips through the cracks because it's one of those episodes when I was watching the show in reruns in the 90s that would never come up. I always kept on missing it. So while I was, you know, very familiar with uh, all of the big episodes like, you know, City on the Edge of Forever and Arena and everything like that, I hadn't seen Journey to Babel until I bought all the DVDs and was doing a, um, you know, Chronological uh, rewatch through the entire series, or first time watch in some cases, um, when I was probably like 22 years old, 23 years old. So um, I've only seen it like two or three times. And because of that, uh, it's uh, like it doesn't really register for me. Mm -hmm. And that's not really the episode's fault. Although maybe it is the episode's fault because if it was really good, I'd be like, oh man, look at that thing. How did I missed that but um you know it's just it never it never grabbed me like some of the other really classic episodes have because Mm -hmm. i i kept on missing it um also i never know whether it's pronounced babel or Babel, so i always feel um scared to talk (laughs) about it
0: that you don't want to bring it up
1: in polite conversation yeah journey to you know
0: (laughs) you know journey to journey
1: yeah Journey to, to the center to, of the to, earth. To the journey, yes. <laughs> Babel. something. I don't know. All right.
0: Well, what's your number five then?
1: Uh, my number five is a piece of the action. All uh, right, that's on your list.
0: No, no, it was. It was again. I had to fight for what was going to be number five, and it was. It was between a piece of the action, a journey to Babel. I think so. Uh,
1: yeah, a piece of the action for me. Um, One of the things that I like about it is I I always did sort of like these fun episodes of Star Trek, you know, whether it was Next Generation or the original series or whatever, where they place the crew in sort of alternate uh, realities, you know, of some sort. And, you know, I was a fan of sort of gangster movies in a sense. So, you know, it's like, oh, look, here's... Kirk and Spock in a gangster movie. And it, it was one of those things where, you know, wa- watching it as a kid, you know, I would look forward to these episodes and the more comedic episodes. And it never dawned on me to just be like, you know, why don't I watch a gangster movie instead or a comedy? <laughs> but, you know, um, so so there's there's sort of that element to it, which I, I do like. But I also like the idea of... um you know the prime directive and contamination and and why this is something which we need to avoid and i love its portrayal of chicago because yeah it's just oh, like just like that it is.
0: just perfect, perfect except with more guns <sighs> yeah <laughs> N-
1: not no <laughs> that's not accurate
0: <laughs> yeah i i was the one of the only reasons i didn't put it on the list is because i didn't want Three of my top five to be comedy episodes, but we'll, we'll get to that.
1: Okay. All right.
0: So, my number four is Amok Time. Again, something I usually don't bring up in polite conversation because I don't know how to pronounce it.
1: Well, Amok so, Time is my number four as well.
0: Excellent. Look at that lineup. Yeah. So, I, because I, I always called it a mock Time. Yes. But it's it's Amok, I think. Yes. Like run Amok. Now yeah. it makes more sense. I thought it was like a Vulcan word forever. Yeah. until I like really watched the episode and I'm like, they don't even talk about this. you know it's all Pon Far and stuff and I'm like, oh, that's a real word..
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But I put a muck time on my top five because it's a muck time. It's got uh, Spock is just the best and him, I mean the whole first half of the episode where he's flipping out and throwing soup and, and trying to regain you know trying to remain calm and uh, rebuffing nurse Chapel. And then there's a big fight to the death, and it's a big surprise, and you get to see Vulcan culture, and there's just there's a lot in a Muck time besides the fight that that it's it's definitely worth watching and having in in your top five.
1: Yeah, um, the Vulcan culture thing is definitely really interesting. Um, my my wife w- would watch that episode basically on a loop um, for like a good solid six months or something like that. So mm-hmm. I was like sort of intimately familiar with with it just from that. I'd come into the room and it would be on. The opposite of Journey to Babel. Yes, yes. But uh, you know, also, I mean, the fight itself. While there is a lot more to it than just the fight, the fight itself is is pretty awesome. You know, it's it's one of those iconic moments from Star Trek, and the music and everything is excellent. Mm-hmm. Did you see the new little mini Funko figure of uh, Spock? No. Being possessed by the the Ponfar or whatever it was. (laughs) It's pretty great. That sounds great. He's got his uh, weapon and um, he's got his little sash. And then his (laughs) eyes are like glowing white with rage. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So we both had the same number four.
0: That's convenient. All right. Let's keep going. I doubt that our top three is going to be the same. Very, very seriously doubt it. So my number three is Doomsday Machine. Okay. Do you even have that on your list? No. This is fantastic. This is great. I was afraid that we would just end up picking the same five and it'd be really, really boring. <laughs> but I put I put Doomsday Machine on here. Uh, I guess I like the the whole Moby Dick thing. I mean, think of your favorite think your favorite movies. You've got uh, Star Trek II, where you know Khan is, you know, Kirk is his Moby Dick, and. Uh, we've got the Borg being, being Picard's Moby Dick in First Contact. Uh, I, I like, I don't know, I I, I like the crazed captain uh, uh, more in Doomsday Machine, I think, than than just uh, in the movies. It's kind of kind of played too hard, but I like the Doomsday Machine straight up being this crazed captain obsessed with wiping out this guy that that killed all of his his crew and it's about uh cap the captain dealing with loss it's about uh you know what do you do against an unstoppable foe and you know you might have to sacrifice yourself and kirk was going to sacrifice himself but uh you know the transporter ended up working at the last second which is dramatic tension and that whole episode is has got a lot of dramatic tension who's in charge of the enterprise uh who's going to sacrifice themselves are we gonna be able to stop it? And uh I, I like Doomsday Machine, so I I put it way up here.
1: Yeah, this is one of those episodes, um, like like the one with the Horda too, where, you know, people will talk about it and be like, This is one of the best episodes of the series by far, you know. I mean and I, I listen to their reasoning and I'm like, That's completely sound, you know, I can't argue with that. You know, everything that you're saying is accurate and I totally understand why that's considered to be one of the best episodes of the show. And yet, at the same time, it really just doesn't do anything for me. I don't know what it is, if it's the pacing or what, but I just watch it, and I'm kind of bored by it, which is weird. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a bad episode by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not anywhere close to one of my favorites. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. So what's your number three?
1: Uh, My number three is Wolf in the Fold. Really? Yeah, maybe an odd choice. Speaking
0: of... Okay. Okay. (laughs)
1: Um, You know, I I sort of like the idea of taking the Jack the Ripper legend, if you will, and applying like a sci-fi concept to it. You know, I've I've always sort of been intrigued by by Jack the Ripper, you know, and um, my interest in it was reignited when I read uh, Alan Morris from Hell, which is an amazing book, and um, I know that Robert Block, who wrote the episode, he's also the guy who wrote um, the novel Psycho, um, is a ripperologist, as they call it. And uh, he's uh, written a number of books about Jack the Ripper, um, mm-hmm. with not in a sci-fi context. And oh. um, the idea of sort of like applying that to the Star Trek world and being able to you know, do a Jack the Ripper story, on the other end of the galaxy, always really intrigued me, and it's also, you know, kind of like what I was talking about before. It, it's a mystery, it's a whodunit, and mm-hmm. um, it's a pretty good one, and I, I like sort of trying to to solve that mystery. So,
0: yeah, you never expect Piglet to be the murderer.
1: Exactly. Yes,
0: I I can see that. I I was looking at Wolf in the Fold uh, on the list, and I was like, no. No. And I I didn't even, you know, I called it out almost immediately. Yeah. Because it's, I I think for me, it's one of those episodes that I always missed when I was watching it as a kid. And so when I finally did see it, I was like, oh, Piglet. And it's like, oh, oh. And then I just, I I never really got into it. But
1: I mean, out of everything on my my list, that's definitely the most oddball choice. But yeah, but I do like it. Okay,
0: I'll give you that. All right,
1: my number two is The Trouble with Tribbles. Okay, I've got that higher up on my list. Spoilers.
0: Which number would that be? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, my number two is Mirror Mirror. Okay,
0: so go ahead with Mirror Mirror. We'll get to trouble.
1: Okay, for for a long time, this was my favorite episode. I don't know. There's something about it which is really solid. The Mirror Universe has always been very intriguing to me. I, there's something about what that does by like sort of like having like an evil version of these people who we have come to know and love, which uh, really sort of helps to paint a portrait of the prime universe characters, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's always just kind of cool, I think, in in just sort of a a storytelling kind of way to see you know, Kirk, but evil, you know, like what does Spock look like with a goatee, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, but, but on top of that, it's, it's a very uh, solid story. And um, I, yeah, I love it. And then, you know, looking at it sort of retroactively with uh, what they did on Deep Space Nine, you know, that just, to me, makes it even better. So yes, I, I love Mirror Mirror.
0: That's very interesting because I had Mirror Mirror in like my top 10 and I was calling it out. And the reason why I didn't put it in the top five was because Deep Space Nine. What about it? I I think that Deep Space Nine made it into the parody that I don't think it should have ever been. You know, especially the last one. It's like, look, it's Esri in, you know, in uh, S&M costume. And Worf is there for no reason. It's like, and the fact that it just became so normal that Jennifer from the mirror universe comes over and uh, Cisco's just like, "Hey, what's up? Oh yeah, sure. Meet your, you know, meet my kid." It's like, no, this should be this should be illegal for one thing, and uh, and uh, just Deep Space Nine's not not necessarily overuse, but the way that they used it just to just for their fun episodes. And I don't think that they really showed the mirror side and how it helps us understand the real characters better. I feel like it's overuse kind of tainted mirror mirror for me.
1: I mean I guess I can see that, although, you know, there's no denying that any time that a mirror episode came out, like, I knew it was going to be fun because it's kind of a fun concept. But mm-hmm. like if you look at crossover And sort of what they do in terms of explaining what happened to that universe after Mirror Mirror. That, Mm. to me, makes up for any sort of weird um, tonal issues that, that the other episodes might have. I mean, when they come back and they're like, Spock did it. He tried to change things and it all went horribly wrong and everything is even worse now. I mean that was just like oh my god that is so cool that is exactly what would have happened you know, mm-hmm. so so I mean that that type of thing, I think makes up for any of the other little problems because, I mean ultimately you could say yeah it sort of tainted the mirror universe but, like are those episodes bad though even on their own I don't know, most of them okay I disagree. <laughs>
0: Uh, especially that last one. It, it, anyway.
1: <laughs> so, okay, so we've already established that your number 2 and my number 1 is The Trouble with Tribbles, so I guess it makes sense yeah. to cover that one first.
0: Makes sense to me.
1: All right. Well, yeah, Trouble with Tribbles. I mean, the boring choice, I guess you could say. Yeah, uh, but uh it it really really is like the best episode of the original series in my opinion. Because in addition to it being cute and funny and everything like that, it also has, you know, a message and it, it, it deals with a lot of um, pretty complex, you know, political issues and stuff like that. And uh, it does everything that Star Trek is, is supposed to do, just uh, in a funny way. And for all those reasons and more, yeah, I love it. It's also
0: kind of a mystery, mm-hmm. like, like you were saying you liked. Mm-hmm. I like Trouble Tribbles again cuz it's it's fun. I love the comedy uh, aspects. I like the Klingons and how I like the original series Klingons. I, I I don't mind. I I like the the you know next generation era stuff too with their honor and stuff. Uh the more I get into the next generation, uh the the more I really appreciate uh the next generation Klingons, but I do kind of miss the original series Klingons where, you know, They can just be on your space station and, you know, you can make jokes like, oh, you know, I I hardly think that 12 Klingons constitutes a swarm. And, you know, you don't really need the increased security because they're kind of goofy. And (laughs) then we get a giant bar fight. I mean, that... You never really expected that to happen in your Star Trek show. No. But maybe in the past... Like in a piece of the action or something, sure, a bar fight or you know during the old west or whatever, but you know to have one on your s modern, your modern future space station, is just really funny. And you've got the the you know the the creepy salesman and and then you got little fuzzy cute things everywhere. It's just it's fun to watch and and I really enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I agree. So what's your number one then?
0: Oh, so my my number one is iMod.
1: All right. It's This is,
0: again, why I didn't put a piece of the action on there, is because I didn't want three of my top five to be comedy. I really like the comedy episodes, and iMud is one of those that... I mean, I didn't watch it in repeat for six months, but it's definitely one of those that I saw over and over and over again. And I I, I just... I think it's so funny. It, it starts out with the mystery, like, oh, there's a robot, and they're taking over the ship. Oh, no. And then you get down to the planet, you're like, oh, it's just mine. Yeah. And then he gets tricked. And then uh, I, I like that everyone, uh, the the androids tempt everyone with uh, the the things that they would want. You know, Uhura for eternal youth and beauty, and Chekhov with women. He's really easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, I, I just love the idea, I mean, it, it's not just Kirk talking computer to death, it's everybody literally blowing these androids' minds by dancing and pantomiming and playing baseball with plastic explosives, and just all this complete illogical stuff, and then and, and Spock's speeches about, you know, logic is a tweeting bird, just things that don't make sense, I don't know, it just, it hits me, just in the right spot, and... <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, this is one of those episodes where when I was a kid and watched it, I was like, oh, yes, you know, this is funny and everything like that. And now it, it doesn't quite hold up uh, as much as, as I would like. I, I, I do still enjoy it, but, you know, does doesn't quite make my top five.
0: Okay, I can see that. I mean, this is, again, this is not the top five best episodes of season two. These are These are our personal favorites. And and maybe we'll have people on, uh, maybe we'll have guests come on and talk about their five favorite, which may be completely different from ours. But, but because best is always going to be subjective, uh, our favorites are going to be personal anyway. So we might as well just have gone with the per- personal favorites, and that's what we did. Yeah. Did you get through all yours?
1: Yep, that's it. So do you want to uh, summarize by giving your top five in order? Yeah.
0: So So my top five were Number five, Journey to Babel. Number four, Amok Time. Number three, The Doomsday
1: Machine. Number two, Trouble with Tribbles. And number one, I Mud. Okay, and for me, it's number five, A Piece of the Action. Number four, Amok Time. Number three, Wolf in the Fold. Number two, Mirror, Mirror. And number one, The Trouble with Tribbles.
0: Fantastic.
1: Well, it was fun talking about
0: our favorite top five episodes of season two today, but that's just one of the Trek topics we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on
1: Trek.FM,
0: Standard Orbit.
1: They they look at the original series episodes, and they see thematically what it is that works, and they pick that in order to explore like a different side of it. Earl Grey. No, do you guys seriously (laughs) not know why they have red and green light?
0: Not all of us have read Ships of the Line. Okay, no, 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 no. no. Wait, is this a ship of the Line?
1: I'm only in, like, chapter (laughs) one. No, no. I'm talking about, like, (laughs) real ships today. Have Uh, you been on a ship, Darren? The Orb. Them being adversarial, I I don't think necessarily was the only way they could have gone. Um, It makes for a great story, but it just made me wonder, just in an impossible universe, what would have happened?
0: I think it's important, though, that she, as the religious leader, is not sold on the idea that this outsider is their emissary. To the journey! Endgame cannot make my list. <laughs> I, uh, I don't <laughs> have as much hatred for Endgame as you <laughs> or apparently everybody else does. Oh, I've, not that I'm bitter or anything, no. Warp
1: 5. So I would argue in the case of what Paxton is doing here in firing a weapon at San Francisco, which luckily missed and went into the bay, and I don't know if i guess george and gracie aren't there right in the 22nd century so they're okay but the
0: ready room they could have really diverged with what we knew of will and made thomas's own unique character i mean he is but like if we can get multiple burial episodes you know why can't thomas Riker (laughs) have more than one episode mission log a ronberry star trek podcast and he happens to figure it all out. And yeah, oh. that, that's enough to drive an audience. Now we, no, we need to get yeah.
1: Will Wheaton on the show because I will defend Wesley in this episode against the guy who played Wesley.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Commentary, Trek Stars.
1: There was an interview, I think, with, with JJ where they were talking to him and he was saying that, you know, oh, my, my dad was friends with Nicholas Meyer back in the day. I remember going to Meyer's house when I was a kid.
0: He saw he had a whole bunch of really cool things in his house, and I thought I would like to break some of these.
1: Literary treks.
0: But I do I like. I want the to cover. see Spock with a perm. Oh gosh! Well, I think I've a got pre- a Photoshop project in my future with this cover right here. Melodic Trex. It's like oh, this wow. happened! Oh, oh, this is so good! <laughs> <laughs> it was. No it was joke, just amazing. How she, uh, reacts. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. you find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows podcast directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash podcast to get all the links. Let's tell everyone where they can contact us if they'd like to share their thoughts on today's show and give their top five, maybe. Just go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose to send a show and choose Standard Orbit. That'll come to both of us by email. You can also use the tab on the left-hand side of any page to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone, and you can talk to us and our listeners in our forums at trek.fm. forums In social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Mike, where can people find you online, out of orbit, away from here?
1: Uh, you can find me on Trek FM doing commentary, Track Stars uh, with Max. And you can also find me on commentarytrackstars.com where we do commentary, track Stars off topic with Max and Brandon. And you can find me on Twitter at Mumbles3K. Well, you can find me on Twitter at 005, D O U B L E O
0: F I V E. And you can find me on various other places around the network and the wider internet. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps us bring Stand Orbit to you each week, and our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible's a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible's the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Director Federation and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Mike, what do you have for everyone?
1: Well, I have uh, William Shatner's *Star Trek Memories*, which was written and narrated by William Shatner. It's four hours and twenty-four minutes long, and it's about his uh, his experiences making the original series. Uh, the The description says, "Boldly going where no audio has gone before." *Star Trek Memories* is William Shatner's own behind-the-scenes look at the legendary '60s television series that continues to spawn movies, books, and series spin-offs. 26 years after the last episode aired, or maybe a few more than that, (laughs) avid Trekkers are sure to be delighted with this first-hand account from Captain Kirk himself. Yes. And you can get this book for free since you listen to Standard Orbit. That's right.
0: As a Trek FM listener, you can get
1: a free audiobook of your choice along
0: with a 30-day trial just to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Standard Orbit and Trek FM. But there's another way that you can support the network directly, and that's by going to Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash trekfm, you'll find some uh, pledge levels, and you can pledge to donate monthly, and you'll get special bonus things like access to an exclusive uh, project plan in our project manager where you can directly suggest ideas for episodes and you can also get exclusive bonus content like part of a conversation that mike and i had today but uh you can help us by supporting us at patreon and that'll help cover the uh, bandwidth and hosting and other things that that cost us money that, uh, that that we'd appreciate if you helped out with. So again, that's patreon.com slash trekfm Well everybody, thanks for listening Have a good week and keep on trekking It is the will of Lainman Mr.
1: Chekhov Take us out of orbit ahead, walk factor one nice sir